Do you believe that God will provide for you as long as he leaves you on this earth? I do believe that. I hope you believe that. Because it is really true. He will show you what to do. He will show you right now what to do in the situation of your life at this moment when you belong to him. It is so important to understand that we as believers in God are sealed with the Holy Spirit of Jesus. We receive information from God directly by the Holy Spirit as God wills. He will bring a thought to our mind, which is an idea concerning what to do. We had a man in our church group who went into the backyard at his house. He looked at his storage building. It was overflowing with stuff that he had put in his storage building. As he stood there looking at his storage building, he began thinking, well, maybe I should add another storage building to take care of my stuff. And this idea came to his mind. Why don't you just get rid of the stuff? When he told us that, we started laughing. It was obviously the Holy Spirit. This man was probably about 74 years old at that time. He had heart trouble. He was going to have serious heart trouble very shortly down the road. See, God knows the future. This is one tremendous advantage in addition to him being God and always right. He knows the future. You might ask a friend what that friend thought you should do. You might ask a pastor what you thought he thought you should do. And it might be wrong. But God is never wrong. He knows the future. If you know how to follow him and follow him, you have an absolute guarantee on this life. What's left of it? I, I don't know. I think we're really near to the return of Jesus. The wickedness is so bad in the world. It leads me to strongly believe that we're nearing the return of Jesus because he comes because of the wickedness. First, he comes to raise the dead in Christ. And he does that with a shout. And then he comes to remove those of the church who are still living on the earth. When I say the church, I mean those people who are born again, who are following him by his spirit, not the ones who've just joined a church. But I'm talking about the ones who really live scripture and put it into their lives and make it a part of them. Jesus is coming for those people. But he knows the future. He knows what's going to happen to me this time next year and to you this time next year. Therefore, we should really be following him, obviously, because he is right. He knows the very best thing for us, and he will not fail us ever. Let's look at some examples. A famine was coming upon the earth. 
And God did the most amazing thing to protect his people. He had a plan whereby Joseph was going to end up in charge of the entire nation of Egypt, who had all the food. Therefore, the children of Israel, Jacob and Joseph's brothers, came down into Egypt and lived during the time of the famine. And they not only lived in Egypt, they lived off the fat of the land. They lived in the most desirable places in Egypt. This story is so uplifting. Turn to Genesis 39. Jacob's, Joseph's brothers were very jealous of him. Jacob loved Rachel, Joseph's mother. Rachel's brother, Laban, had tricked him into marrying her elder sister first, Leah. But he loved Rachel. Joseph was Rachel's first child. Benjamin was Rachel's second child. Rachel died en route to Jacob's father's land, to Israel's land. And he, she was buried along the way. So here's Joseph raised without a mother and Benjamin raised without a mother. Start at Genesis 37, verse 3. Now Israel, who is Jacob, loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him, and they could not speak peaceably unto him. And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it to his brethren, and they hated him yet the more because of the dream. And he said unto them, Here I pray you this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood round about and made obeisance to my sheaf. And his brothers said unto him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us? Or shalt thou have indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. And he dreamed yet another dream. And he told it to his brethren and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more. And behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made obeisance to me. And he told it to his father and to his brethren. And his father rebuked him and said unto him, what is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren come to bow down ourselves unto thee? And his brethren envied him, but their father observed the saying. 
Now, should Joseph have told his brothers this dream? Absolutely. Because by telling them, this was going to be one of the things that caused his brothers to sell him into slavery, which was going to take him down to Egypt, where he was going to end up being second in charge of the whole nation of Egypt and be able to provide food for his 11 brothers and his father and the family of Israel. The entire nation of Israel was going to be saved because Joseph was sold into slavery and God gave him the types of gifts even while he was in slavery which would cause him to rise to the top. Joseph was only 17 when his brothers sold him into slavery. Joseph's father, Jacob, who it has been changed, his name has been changed by God to Israel. Joseph's father had sent his brothers out to tend the sheep. So he decided to send Joseph to see how they were doing. And he said to him, Go, I pray thee, and see whether it be well with thy brethren, and be well with the flocks, and bring me word again. So he sent Joseph out to check about these sheep. When the brothers saw him coming, they hated him, and they conspired against him to slay him. Verse 19, And they said one to another, Behold, this dreamer cometh. Come now, therefore, let us slay him, and cast him into some pit, and we will say some evil beast hath devoured him, and we shall see what shall become of his dreams. And Reuben heard it, this is one of the brothers, and he delivered him out of their hands and said, Let us not kill him. And Reuben said unto them, Shed no blood, but cast him into this pit, that it is in the wilderness, and lay no hand upon him, that he might rid him out of their hands to deliver him to his father again. And it came to pass when Joseph was come unto his brethren, that they stripped Joseph out of his coat of many colors that was on him. And they took him and cast him into a pit. And the pit was empty, and there was no water in it. And they sat down to eat bread. And they lifted up their eyes and looked, and behold, a company of Ishmaelites came from Gilead with their camels bearing spicery and balm and myrrh going to carry it down into Egypt. So instead of killing Joseph, they decided to sell him to the Ishmaelites. And Judah said unto his brethren, What profit is it if we slay our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh. I mean, you, know, you have to laugh because really, here they put him in a pit. They sat down to have water and food in front of him and haven't even given him any. And they're planning to kill him. So his brethren were content with the idea of selling him to the Ishmaelites, who were going to go down into Egypt. 
And then there passed by Midianite merchantmen, and they drew and lifted up Joseph out of the pit and sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for twenty pieces of silver, and they brought Joseph into Egypt. Now this sounds just terrible. Here's this kid, 17 years old, who is a slave. He has nothing. He has nothing except the clothing that's on his back. And the the brothers, the 11 brothers, 10 brothers probably, I think Reuben wasn't with them at the time, they took Joseph's coat and killed one of the goats and dipped the coat in the blood. And they sent the coat of many colors and brought it to their father and said, This we have found. Know now whether it be thy son's coat or no. And Israel, Jacob, knew it. And he said, It is my son's coat. An evil beast hath devoured him. Joseph is without doubt rent in pieces. And Jacob rent his clothes and put sackcloth upon his loins, and mourned for his son many days. And all of his sons and daughters rose up to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. And he said, I will go down into the grave unto my son mourning. Thus the father wept for him. And the Midianites sold Joseph into Egypt to Pontifer, an officer of Pharaoh's and a captain of the guard. Now, God is going to take Joseph and give him some special gifts so that his wisdom will stand out among the Egyptians and he will rise to great heights, even in Pontifer's house. Genesis chapter 39. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt. And Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him out of the hand of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. He is now 17 years old at the time he is purchased by Potiphar. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man, And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. How can this 17-year-old kid who's a slave be prosperous? Well, God makes that possible. Because his master saw that the Lord was with Joseph. And that God made everything that Joseph did prosper. Verse 4. And Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him. And he made him overseer over his house. And all that he had, he put into the hand of Joseph. This kid who's a slave is in charge of everything. And God blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. Everywhere we go, we who belong to God... Everywhere we go, we are blessing. Everywhere we go, we are blessing to that person that we met. Whether the person knows it or not, and they might hate us because they see that we are from God or we say that God showed us something, they might hate us. 
but we are blessings to everyone that we come across, especially if they treat us well. If they treat us unfairly and steal from us, we do not try to avenge ourselves. God will avenge us. But we are blessings, just as Joseph was blessing. God will cause something to happen which will show them something in us. After I was born again, basically everywhere I went, people in the churches would say, we know the hand of God is upon you. How did they know that? Well, I would be in the prayer group and God would show me someone had a stomach problem. And they would finish praying and I would say, does someone in the group have a stomach problem? And one little woman jumped up and said, I do, I do. And I guess she was healed. Sometimes God would give me a word of knowledge on something and the person would be blessed by it. And they knew the hand of God was upon me. And that's the way it is with us. When we belong to God, the hand of God is upon us. Pam Paget, our little church group, has a gift of helps from God. She is always helping someone. Now she's helping me. But she helped her next-door neighbor who's a elderly man. She helped him until he died. His daughter, who lived in Denver, uh, 50 miles away from Colorado Springs, wouldn't even come visit him. And Pam is over there helping him. She had one neighbor who got mad at her because she helped Jim. The neighbor said that's his daughter's place to help him. But his daughter wasn't helping him. And his two sons were off in the Air Force becoming generals or something in Washington, D.C. One of them might have been in Europe. I don't know. But he had no one to help him. His wife had died. He was alone. And Pam was helping him. Pam would wash his clothes. She would see that he had food. She would check on him. If he fell in the night, she would go, he would call her. She would go over there and arrange to get him up off the floor. It was a constant on-call for Pam, and she loved it. Why did she love it? She loved it the same way that I love talking to you, because that's my assignment from God. Her assignment from God was a gift of helps. You'll read about gift of helps in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, down at the bottom of the chapter. It said, or some are given to the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, then governments, gifts of helps. She helps in the church. She's assigned by God to help in the church. Well, of course people are going to recognize she's unusual. And they recognize that Joseph was unusual because God blessed the house of Potiphar. And everything that Joseph touched, God caused it to be blessed. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight and he served him and he made him overseer over his house and all that he had he put into Joseph's hand to oversee. But the problem was Potiphar's wife she tried to have sex with Joseph, and he fled from her. 
she grabbed his garment from off him, and he fled. And she lied. When Potiphar came back, she told him, the Hebrew has come to mock me that you brought in here. He tried to have sex with me. Well, Potiphar put Joseph in the dungeon. He's locked up in this dungeon for two years. But God gave Joseph favor in the sight of the prison guard. And God made everything Joseph touched to prosper. So the prison guard put Joseph in charge of the prison. We read, starting at verse 20, And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound, and he was there in the prison. But the Lord was with Joseph, and showed him mercy, and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison, and whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. And the keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand, because the Lord was with him, and that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. God can give you a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom. He can give you interpretation of dreams, which he's going to give to Joseph. And that will what, that's what will be used to get Joseph out of the prison and to exalt Joseph to second place in the whole nation of Egypt, being in charge of all the food during a famine which is about to come to Egypt. You can read the exact story in Genesis chapter 40. Genesis chapter 41. It's extremely uplifting. God made everything that Joseph touched to prosper. God gave a couple of dreams to Pharaoh, and it scared Pharaoh. No one could interpret those dreams. But he heard of Joseph, the Hebrew man in prison who had interpreted dreams correctly. So Pharaoh sent for Joseph and had him taken out of the prison and brought to Pharaoh, cleaned up and brought to Pharaoh, because Joseph had been in prison two years. So he's, what, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, somewhere around there by this time. He's brought to Pharaoh, and Pharaoh tells him the dreams, and he said, I've heard you can interpret dreams, and Joseph said, it's not of myself to do it, but the God that I serve can do it. Joseph refused to take the credit for that which God was going to do. Genesis 41. And it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh dreamed, and behold, he stood by the river. And behold, there came up out of the river seven well-favored cows and fat-fleshed, and they fed in a meadow. And behold, seven other cows came up after them out of the river, ill-favored and lean-fleshed, and stood by the other cows upon the brink of the river. 
and the ill-favored and lean-fleshed cows did eat up the seven well-favored and fat cows. So Pharaoh awoke, and he slept, and he dreamed the second time, and behold, seven ears of corn came up upon one stalk, rank and good, and behold, seven thin ears blasted with the east wind sprung up after them, and the seven thin ears devoured the seven rank and full ears, and Pharaoh awoke, and behold, it was a dream. And it came to pass in the morning that Pharaoh's spirit was troubled, and he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt, and all the wise men thereof, and Pharaoh told them his dream, but there was none that could interpret them to Pharaoh. Then spake the chief butler unto Pharaoh, saying, I do remember my faults this day. For when I was in prison, the captain of the guard's house, both me and the chief baker, a young Hebrew, interpreted a dream I had, and it came true. So Pharaoh sent and got Joseph out of the dungeon and had him cleaned up and brought him into his house and told him the dreams. Now, who is it that interprets dreams? God. And Joseph has the favor of God. God is going to use interpretation of dreams to exalt Joseph in the eyes of Pharaoh and to cause him to be in charge of the entire nation of Egypt. In the meantime, back in Canaan, Jacob, Joseph's father, and his brethren are feeling the results of the famine. And they know that there's food in Egypt, so Jacob's going to send the brothers down to Egypt to get food, to buy food. Joseph is the person who's in charge of selling the food. But they don't recognize Joseph because his physical appearance has changed. He disguises himself, but he recognizes them. And by various means, the entire nation of Jacob, of Israel, was brought down into Egypt. And they, were, and they lived in the land of Goshen, the favorite land in Egypt. And Joseph would visit them, and he sustained them, because God gave Joseph favor with Pharaoh. This is how God works. Wherever you go, you are a blessing when you belong to God. When you do the will of God, you are a blessing. You show God by what you do. It's not that you try to be a witness. If you're born again, you are a witness. And many times the church groups reject you. Many times. They're envious of you as they were envious of Jesus. As they did to the master, they will do to the servant. So if you're a servant of God and they have rejected God, by failing to keep his word, they will reject you. I'm talking about the church people. The stories of the Old Testament are given for our edification to show us trust in God, to show us provision from God. We see it in the stories of Moses and Elijah 
And we see it in the stories of God sustaining Elijah. He first sent him to a cave to hide out in a cave because Jezebel was going to kill him. And God told Elijah, I'll send you bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening. By a raven, God had the raven deliver bread and flesh every morning and every evening to Elijah. And then the brook dried up. So Elijah called out to God, and God had the most interesting plan. He sent Elijah to Zarephath to a widow woman for her to sustain Elijah. But she was getting ready to die because they were starving to death. She had just a little bit of meal left and a little bit of oil, and she was getting ready to make a a bread patty for her son, and then they would die. And that's who God sent Elijah to, to be sustained. It's totally unlike we do, totally different from us. But they always come out on top. The people who are of God come out on top. And even if you do get beheaded, as John the Baptist did, so what? You're in heaven. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you live or die when you belong to God. Paul even said it was a benefit to die, but he was going to live because of the church, to be able to speak to the church. You're going to come out ahead when you belong to God and follow God. I have quite a few podcasts recorded for the church. If you will go to our blog, Jesus Ministries Exhortations, on the right-hand side of the homepage, you can find those podcasts. Be sure and put that word exhortation on the Jesus Ministries because there are several Jesus Ministries who have blogs. But ours is Jesus Ministries Exhortations. Look at those podcasts. I have selected 30 of the ones that I consider to be the basic foundational podcasts for leading the church prior to the return of Jesus and the Great Tribulation which is coming upon the world. Look at that list. You can find things that will help you greatly in that list of podcasts if you belong to God. Only if you belong to God. If you are simply someone who joined a church, well, you're probably not listening to me by this time if you're someone who joined a church without having the Spirit of God. So we'll just assume that everybody listening at this point of this podcast belongs to God. You will find a great many subjects which are important to you as we reach the end of the world, which I believe is coming, perhaps even in our own lifetime. Thank you for allowing me to speak to you today. I really hope you will go to our blog, Jesus Ministries Exhortation, Look at that list on the right-hand side of the page under the word podcast. You click on that, that word podcast. It will bring up all of our podcasts, and you can see the names of those podcasts. 
because those are for your benefit. 